Merry Christmas. How many have still some shopping left to do? All right. How many of you are completely done? Should be the rest of you if you're following along, right? And uh, God is good? And all the time? So a few years ago, we had this, what seemed to be like this brilliant idea to uh, have milk and cookies before church and then bring all the kids who are full of sugar in here with us, right? So... Uh, hey, we are thankful that we're a, a multi-generational church. We have a lot of little kids and everywhere in between, right? And so um, we're thankful for you. And I know, parents, you have this little, maybe little angst about trying to keep your kids still. And so just know yours probably won't be the worst, okay? Probably not. But uh, it's okay, and uh, I'm going to do my best to get to the point and get us out of here this morning, right? And uh, so, hey, if you're new here, I'm John. I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Hallmark. Uh, As Stacy already mentioned, I would love to meet you after church. My wife, Joy, and I will be right out these doors as soon as church is over. Uh, You're welcome to hand us your guest card or your connect card, or you can put that in the offering bag if you want to stay a little bit anonymous, but I would love to have an opportunity uh, to meet you. And let me encourage you to be here Tuesday night at 6 o'clock, Christmas Eve, right? We are going to have an amazing service. Uh, ben and all the worship team have put together an uh, amazing service for us. And so 6 o'clock, again, it'll be about 40-minute service. We'll have a great time to worship the Lord and then get home for all of our Christmas activities, right? And so, hey, this is it hard to believe that we are almost to 2020? When I was thinking about this, uh, man, 20 years ago, do you guys remember how crazy everyone was about this time of the year? Remember 1999? What was about to take place? Y2K, and everybody made tons of money on you, and all like, you need this kind of virus protection, you need this, and how many of you remember being a little freaked out about that? I was thinking, can you believe that's been 20 years ago? Like, I was 26 years old then. 20 years is a long time, isn't it? Um, But 2020, we think about the new year, of course, the easy thing when we think about uh, a purpose statement or vision for 2020 would be 2020 vision, right? That makes sense. How many of you have 2020 vision? How many used to have 2020 vision? Maybe in 1999, right? Uh, But our vision, our purpose, our like theme is going to be narrowed down this year for 2020 in one word, okay, and the key being on one word, all right, and that word is, anybody know what it is? One, all right, the key is one, all right, one, and so we're going to challenge you uh, starting January 1, all right, to start praying these few verses, John 17, verse 20 and 21, as you see on the screen, and, and what we're wanting to pray is that God would allow us as a church to be that very word, one. And, and so we're going to start January 1st through February 9th, 40 days of prayer. And here's the word that nobody really wants to hear, prayer and fasting, right? Now, fasting, I'm going to leave that up to you to define what that is. Really, fasting is withholding something or uh, not taking part of something. That could be, you know, no Facebook for 40 days. 
And the world may be a better place. We don't know. Uh, it may be no, I, I agree, I, I'm scared to say this one because I'm afraid the Lord may convict me of this one, but maybe it's no caffeine for 40 days. And your spouse is like, no, 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 no. Um, I, I don't know. It could be, you know, traditionally when I think of fasting, I think of not eating anything for a day. I don't recommend doing that for 40 days, okay? You're not Jesus, okay? It's not going to go well for you. Uh, but maybe, you know, what I'm planning on doing is uh, January 1st is a Wednesday, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take every Wednesday during those 40 days to just fast and to pray. And so I'm going to encourage you, go on our website. You can go to myhbcfw.org and, uh, and, and find out. You can sign up. You can register. So if you haven't gone to this link, let me encourage you to do so, okay? Because in this link, you can keep all your information updated, okay? You can also sign up for the 40 days of prayer and fasting. So maybe you want to pick January 3rd that you're going to fast from something. You may decide to fast all 40 days from something, but maybe January 3rd is your day. That's the day. Maybe you're going to pick a few days in there. So just click on one of those days, sign up, and that way we can know who all's praying and fasting. But if you go to myhbcfw.org, you can keep your information update. You can sign up for email lists such as uh, daily. I usually send out a prayer email. You can sign up for that. Um, our secretaries send out uh, prayer emails, and so you can sign up for that on uh, that website. So I'd encourage you to go to that. So 40 days of prayer, and here's the verse. So the verse is going to be on this screen, and kids, I need your help this morning to read this. Okay, so what I'm going to ask you to do is when we get to the word one, I'm, I'm going to pause. I'm going to give you that look where you know it's your turn, right? And you're going to, I want every, all kids, get to put your hand up. Can you put one finger in the air? Hopefully this finger in the air, okay? And uh, somebody just got that. Uh, we'll watch her grandkids and see how that goes. But when we get to the word one, can you, can you yell out the word one? Ready, one, two, three. All right, let's try it again. Ready, one, two, three. All right, very good. So when we read this verse, I'm going to look at you. We're going to do it together. But what I want everyone to understand, these two verses we're going to read are part of a bigger prayer that Jesus is praying. And Jesus is praying, listen kids, Jesus in this verse, in these two verses, Jesus is praying for you. How cool is it to think that Jesus, the one we celebrate at Christmas, he's now in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he prayed for you. How cool is that? All right, so let's read the verse. John chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. And again, this is, this is us. John recorded the words of Jesus as he prayed. So verse 20 says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That means he's praying for all of us who've believed, for all of us who read the Bible. Jesus is praying for us. Verse 21, that they all may be one. Let's do that again. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they may also be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. So here's what Jesus is praying. Kids, this is what he's praying for us. Let's even think what he's praying for our church. Jesus is praying that we would be one, just like God and Jesus are one. And then in the last part of this verse, he explains why he's praying that for me, why he's praying that for you. And he says that the world, those who don't go to church, 
So kids, maybe you go to school with friends that don't go to church. And this is what Jesus is praying. That your church, where you go, and your friends from your church would be so much like Jesus that people would believe in Jesus. Isn't that pretty awesome? So we want to be one as a church. We want to be in unity. We want to serve together. As Stacy already mentioned, we want to fellowship together. We want to love each other so that the world may believe in Jesus. So that's, that's kind of the goal as we start 2020, 40 days of prayer. All right, now as Ben said, we're going to be talking this morning about the song Joy to the World. Now the, the song Joy to the World was written by Isaac Watts almost 300 years ago. And, and believe it or not, it wasn't written to be a song, and it wasn't written to be a Christmas song either, okay? It was actually a poem that years later someone turned into a song, and then obviously it's one of the most, if not the most, sung worship or, or Christmas song at this time of the year. But if you really look at and understand what the author is saying, he's not so much pointing to Christmas, or what we talked about last week was the first advent, Remember, we, we define what Advent means. That Advent means either to come or to arrive. So at Christmas, right now, we're celebrating the first Advent, when Jesus first came, when he first arrived. Remember, he arrived in, as a baby in a manger, right? And so we celebrate Christmas about that. But the song really is more pointing toward the second Advent, the second coming the second arrival of Jesus. But let's walk through this song this morning and just kind of think through this word. So, joy to the world, the Lord has come, right? Joy to the world, the Lord has come. And Christmas always brings, most of the time, it brings feelings of happiness, right? Unless you don't get the Christmas present you wanted. All right, kids, I'm praying you get the Christmas present you want, okay? I remember when I was your age, and I wanted something so bad and my parents got all the presents out we opened them all up and the one thing I wanted guess what I didn't get it do you think I was nice about it do you think I cried shows what you think of me but (laughs) you you may be accurate I would do you think I was mean I was mean I was mad, I was angry, I was rude, I was not nice. Kids, don't be like me, okay? If you don't get what you want, you still be nice, okay? I was mean. And then you know what my mom and dad did? They had tricked me. They had the present hidden. They set me up. They're the mean ones. Mr. Grinch, right? No. They got me exactly what I wanted, and then I had, guess what I had to do at that point? No, I'm not. Yeah, I did apologize. And then the toy broke in two minutes. So it was nobody won. Let's see. So usually Christmas brings a thought of happiness. Let's see as we think about uh, Christmas movies. How many of you have a favorite Christmas movie you have to watch every year? Okay, or maybe multiple ones. So let's see if you can figure out what Christmas music movie these quotes are from. All right. So you got to listen. This one, this this first one, I think should be really easy. You see, George. You really had a wonderful life. Don't, see, don't you see what a mistake it would be just to throw it away? And that movie is? It's a wonderful life, okay? How many of you watch that every year? Okay, so do I. That's, that's my favorite one, okay? Uh, here's another one. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. 
And the movie is? All right, all our kids were getting that one quickly. All right, here's another one. I don't know, this one may be a little harder. Seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And the movie is? Santa Claus, all right? I think, I think the little girl Judy said that, okay? All right, so here's another one. This is from my wife's favorite Christmas movie. When you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep. And the movie is? White Christmas. How many of you, that's your favorite movie? All right, a few of you. I get to watch that every year with my wife. All right, I could sing all the songs for you right now, but I won't. All right, here's another one. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little more. The movie is The Grinch. The Grinch was pretty smart, wasn't he? Because Christmas is a lot more than just getting toys and presents. It's about Jesus. Here's another quote. I want to see if you can get this one. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. And who said that? Linus did. (laughs) It's kind of going back a little farther, the original quote. The angel said that, didn't they? Remember what Linus just read? And the shepherds were in a field watching the sheep by night. And the angel appeared. And they were, the King James says, sore afraid. And the angel said, don't be afraid. Why? I bring you good tidings of great joy. That shall be to all people. You, you see, when we think about Christmas and happiness, we have to understand that happiness is always dependent on our happenings. Like happiness is dependent on circumstances. But joy is dependent on a person, and that person is Jesus. And the shepherds came and said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great what? Joy that shall be to all people. So how can we have this joy? Let's, let's walk through the song, and I think we can figure out some things. So number one, if you have your bulletin, all right, I know kids, you have, uh, some of you have the kids' bulletin. This is in the adult bulletin. Number one, there is joy when the king is received. There is joy when the king is received. That's what the song said. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. I love this next sign. Let, let, let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature sing. So here's the question when we think about this. What does it mean if the song is saying, let earth receive her king? When you study scripture and you study the life of Jesus, kids, you realize that not everyone believed Jesus was who he said he was. Not everyone received him as their king. In fact, that's why later they would crucify him. Because they said, he's not our king. We're not going to worship him. And that's why the author is saying, let us all receive Jesus as our king. Let every heart make room for him. But John would write about Jesus, and John would say that, that Jesus, the Word, became flesh and dwelt among us. But I want to look at two verses real quick. John chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. They're going to be on our screen this morning. And John is talking about Jesus. And here's what he says about Jesus. John 1, verse 11. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Think about that statement. Jesus came to the earth born in a manger, and some did not receive him. 
But verse 12 says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So again, we think about this question. There's a question on your bulletin that says, Have you received Jesus as your king? You see, the verse says, Jesus came to the earth. Many did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God to all who believed. So what does it mean to receive Christ as our king? What does it mean to receive Jesus as our king? It means that we're going to believe in his name. There's a simple way. I bet some of our kids even know these three statements. How do I receive Jesus as my king? How do I make room in my heart for Christ, for the Messiah? Well, many of us and many of our kids know is that what we call the ABCs. A, I'm going to admit I'm a sinner. Paul wrote in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It B is I'm going to believe in the name of Jesus. John 3.16, one of the most quoted verses in Scripture, for God so loved the world that whoever believes in him, great job, should not perish but have everlasting life. Very good. You see, I'm going to admit that I'm a sinner. I'm going to believe that Jesus died for me. I'm going to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. And, and then C is that I'm going to confess. I'm going to confess that Jesus is Lord. That's what Romans 10, 9 says. If we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is who he says he was, that Jesus did die, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus did come back to life, if I confess that, my faith in Jesus what the author of Joy to the World is saying is that's how we receive Jesus as not just a king, but my king. I make room for him in my heart, my life. So how do I have joy this Christmas? There's joy when we receive the king. Number two, there's joy when the Savior reigns. So the next line in the song, the next stanza says, Joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. Now, again, as I already mentioned, this song more points to the second coming of Christ, the second advent. And, and that's what it's talking about when Jesus comes back to rule and to reign. But I want to make some application here that I think for, will apply to us today. If we've made the Lord and we've received him as our king, then we daily have to make a decision that the king, the savior, will reign in my life. Because I'm going to be real honest with you this morning, real, really just thinking through this. Did you know that there's days, kids, did you know there's days where Pastor John wants to be in control and not let Jesus be in control? Do you guys believe that? Shake your head. Adults, and this is, I'm talking to kids. You don't get a vote right now. Hey, kids, you know what? There's days when your mom and dad want to be in control and don't want Jesus to be in control. Do you believe that? Shake your head real big. And parents, we know. Well, we don't have to say that. We already know, right? What does it mean for Jesus to be in control? What does it mean for Jesus to reign in my life? Several months ago, we, we talked about a series, and, and we, we said that God wants the best of me, not the rest of me. What, what it means in my life, for God to reign in my life, is that I'm going to give him my best, 
in my first, in my time, my talent, in my treasure. That I'm going to say, God, today, what do you want from my life today? God, how can I serve you today? How can I let you reign in my life today? And that's a daily decision. That's what Paul wrote about is daily I had to pick up my cross to follow him. Daily I had to make a decision that I'm not going to reign in my life as much as I want to. I'm going to let Jesus reign in my life. You, you see, to chase the things of this world is to put me first. What did Jesus say when, the, when they asked him, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That means every day I'm going to let Jesus be in control. Every day I'm going to say, Jesus, you are the king and you are the reigning in my life. Even when it's difficult, even when it's hard, Jesus, you are in control. Listen to this, this statement. The essence of sin, this is from Jen Johnston, the essence of sin is looking for good outside of God and his will. L- look at that statement. It's on the screen. The essence of sin is looking for good outside of God and his will. Say no to sin for joy. In other words, if I'm going to pursue my own desires, if I'm going to be in control, what I'm inviting in my life is sin, and what I'm inviting in my life is a lack of joy. If I want joy in my life, I must put Jesus where he belongs. He must reign in my life. I've got to make that decision. All right, so kids, when I first got up here, every Sunday I say this, and I want to teach you what we say, right? So parents, adults, those of you who normally in here, we're going to teach him, all right? Ready? God is good? And all the time? All right, kids, you got it now? All right, I just want to hear the kids say it, all right? So I'm going to say, God is good. You're going to say, all the time. Then I'm going to say, all the time. And you're going to say, God is good. Got it? All right, God is good? And all the time? You know, there's important truth in those statements. Let's all say it again. God is good? And all the time? But that's just the first part of it. Not only as a follower of Jesus do I need to understand that God is good, but I I think we could add a word to, to make that a little deeper. That God alone is good. That I don't need all the other stuff. What I need is God. What I need is Jesus, until I get to the point every day where I make a decision, not only is God good, but God alone is good, then I'm going to start chasing other things, and I'm not going to have joy in my life. If I'm going to have joy in my life, I'm going to have to receive Jesus as my king, and I'm going to have to let Jesus reign in my life. The third one on this outline this morning is very simple. So we, we have a little bit of a transition, which the song really transitions from the first advent to the second advent. There's joy when the king is received. There's joy when the Savior reigns. Number three, there will be joy when Jesus rules with truth and grace. You see this statement from the song, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and wonders of His love. So here's what we learned last week that I want to reiterate this morning. We celebrate the first advent and we anticipate the second advent. 
But as followers of Jesus, as we celebrate the first advent and as we anticipate the second advent, we should always be telling people about both. We should always be telling people, why did Jesus come? What does the Bible say? And telling people, you need to be ready because Jesus is coming again. And when Jesus comes the second time, he is now going to rule and reign. And there will be no more shame. There will be no hurt. There will be no more pain. There will be no more tears. And we will have ultimate joy because we will be in the presence of the person, Jesus. Are you looking forward to that day? Are you looking forward to that day? And one day, just like he came the first time, he will come the second time, and he will judge all sin and all unrighteousness. That's what the last part of that song tells us. That's what scripture tells us. So let's, let's think about these three questions this morning. Have you received Jesus as your king? Have you surrendered your life to him? The second question, are you allowing Jesus to reign in your life? The third question, are you looking forward to the second advent? Remember what the great theologian said. Maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. You see, you and I can't truly celebrate Christmas if we don't have Jesus in our life. And we can't truly anticipate the second advent unless we have Jesus in our life. So of all the thoughts and questions we've asked this morning, here's the most important one. Have you given your life to Jesus? And if not, why not today? We already walked through it. Admit that I'm a sinner. Believe that Jesus died for me. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Would you close your eyes with me this morning? We're going to close the service with another song of worship this morning. And it's an opportunity for all of us in the room to respond. Maybe for some of us this morning, our, our response should be simply to walk down to the, to the front. Maybe it's an opportunity because our kids are with us to bring them down to the altar and show them what it means to pray. And, and maybe this morning, it's just a simple prayer of God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that you brought Jesus to my family. Thank you that you brought Jesus into this church. And thank you for the gift of Christmas. But for some of you this morning, Maybe today is the day that you would give your life to Jesus. And here's what I want you to do. If God has revealed to you this morning that you've never given your life to him, you've never done the ABCs, admitted, believed, and confessed, there's going to be people standing here at the front. They're going to be facing you. If you would like to give your life to Jesus today so you can truly celebrate Christmas, so you can truly anticipate the second coming of God, I'm going to ask you to walk down here this morning, shake one of our hands, and just say, I want to give my life to Jesus. Last week, somebody did that, and I'm praying this week, more will do that. We're not going to embarrass you. We are going to celebrate with you. It'll be the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Would you stand with me this morning as I pray? God, we are blessed to be here. God, we're blessed to know Jesus. We're blessed to be able to celebrate Christmas together. And Lord, I pray today, if there is somebody in this room that has never given their life to Jesus, that today would be the day. 
Lord, I pray the opportunity this morning, we have our families in here with us, that dads would take the opportunity this morning to grab their family, come down to the altar, and pray before their kids, thanking you for Jesus. Bless this time of response. Bless this time of worship. It's in the precious and powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Would you worship with us this morning?